Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. If you've never sat under the ministry of J.M. Sullivan, you certainly have missed a rare treat. He was very unique in his preaching style, but God used it immensely. This sermon was preached at God's Bible School and College Camp Meeting in Cincinnati, Ohio back in 1980, and he titles this sermon, Characteristics of the Bride of Christ. Hang on, because you're in for a ride. thinking that if I stop preaching in time to let you out when they begin, I believe, to feed the new meal, I would preach about seven minutes. And I guess it's a little hard for me to try to condense a sermon to seven minutes. And I didn't mean that wrong. I want to be fair. We have an afternoon service. It begins at 2.30. We were in one church one time, and the pastor had left, and they said he got up one Sunday morning and said, I'll give you half of my sermon this morning and half tonight. So his sermon Sunday morning was 10 minutes, and he gave them the other half Sunday night. One of the young ladies of the church told him, said, we could have listened to all of it. I appreciate the atmosphere this morning. I'd like to be where the Lord is, don't you? The songwriter said where Jesus is, tis heaven there. Aren't you glad for that? Bless his name. Father, give us an understanding heart this morning. May we only speak that which would glorify Thee. Keep us in an attitude of prayer and meditation with God today. Make every service what God would have it to be. Give precious souls in the fountain of cleansing. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. I felt there were just a couple things I would like to say this morning before I try to bring you this message or part of it as God shall lead. I do not propose to fully understand the book of the Songs of Solomon unless my memory has failed me, and I know sometimes it does, I never remember of ever hearing a preacher preach a sermon out of the book of the Songs of Solomon all of my life since I've been a Christian. 
I heard Brother French make a few statements, I believe, one time in referring to it, and I felt God sort of gave me a little check of the Spirit-like, and after that, I, by the help of God, I tried to dig out a couple sermons out of this book, The Songs of Solomon. So as far as the Lord shall lead this morning, I'd like to give you at least some of this message. The scripture is chapter 4 of the Songs of Solomon and reading with verse 10. Chapter 4, verse 10. How fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse. How much better is thy love than wine and the smell of thine ointments than all spices. Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue. And the smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Thy plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, campfire with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes with all the chief spices. A fountain of gardens, a well of living waters and streams from Lebanon. Awake, O north wind, and come thou south, and blow upon my garden, that the spices thereof may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. The book of the Songs of Solomon, I believe, generally is written in figurative language. Actually, the basic Truth is a love affair. <clears throat> Amen. I asked God or I prayed or I meditated sometimes against where you trying to get this straight to help me maybe to dig a message out of these verses. And here is a thought or a caption that I felt God laid on my heart out of these verses. The characteristics of the bride of Christ. Christ and the church. Christ and his people. Well, hallelujah. And let us exalt his name together. Somebody asked a preacher one time, said, what do you do when your people get to shouting and praising God? He said, I join in and help them. Amen. Brother, we had a pastor on our district years ago, and Brother Flexen knew him well. He was hauled up before the city council for what was going on in his church. <laughs> Are you listening? There they had him up there, you know. They were praising and singing, shouting and praising God, so I guess, I guess had him arrested. I don't know. They had him up before the city council, you know. So finally, the pastor said to whoever had charge, he said, what am I supposed to do? He said, when my people get the singing and the shouting and the praising God, he said, go do the best you can. 
<laughs> so hallelujah. Well, praise God forever. I say hallelujah. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a superlative love for Jesus Christ. Do you have it? I said, do you have it? I said, do you have it? Pray. I said, do you have it? Can you hear me? I said, do you have it? I said, do you have it? I said, do you have it? Well, hallelujah. Well, I said, hallelujah. Did you hear me? I said, do you have it? Well, if you do, you ought to get blessed. Amen. Well, hallelujah. I heard Brother Emery make a statement one time. I think it shocked a lot of people. He said, when I married my wife, I told her she didn't have first place in my heart. And I understood that, not boasting, but I understood it, praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord did. I'm not up here crying the blues. I'm not that type preacher. I don't like to hear evangelists cry the blues, going around the country crying the blues and trying to work on people's sympathy. God have mercy on them. Well, they get many amens on that, but God help us today. But it hasn't always been an easy thing from the human side, the evangelistic field. My wife hasn't always traveled with me. I pulled out of that driveway on Tyler Avenue, Salisbury, Maryland, many a time and started up on those highways. Brother, if I'd have gave in to the human side of my life, I'd have turned around and went back. Why didn't you do it, Brother Sullivan? Because I was in love with Jesus Christ. Thank God forever. And he had first place in my heart then, and he has first place in it this morning. <laughs> Bless God forever, I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Did you ever say hallelujah out loud? Praise God. You ought to try it sometime. You might feel better. Praise God. Might have get the creaks out of your jaw. Open your jaws and holler hallelujah. Praise God. Bless God. I guess I told you a time or two. You wonder why I'm acting like this. I'm feeling like it. That's how you're acting, like you feel. <laughs> I copied a few statements from an outstanding writer. I don't think I've fully ever comprehended the first one. I'll read it to you. Abandon to God is of more value, of course, to God than personal holiness. Abandon to God is of more value, of course, to God than personal holiness. If love is always discreet, always wise, always sensible and calculating 
never carried beyond itself, it is not love at all. Well, I didn't mean for all the shouts to disappear. The love of the personality is only discovered, pardon me, by the hurt of the question of Jesus Christ. Lovest thou me more than these? Is everybody awake? Lovest thou me more than these? Can everybody hear me? I think I'll say it again. Lovest thou me more than these? I'm not anybody's judge. I hope I make that clear. But I'm preaching to people in my work, Brother Flexen, in these days I'm living in, they're not as spiritual today as they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. The fires were burning. What's happened, Brother Sullivan? They got in love with these. They got in love with these, you know. And Christ was crowded out. Oh, my God, folks. You might think it's a little humorous, but it's got a truth in it, and I read it. And the substance of it is when you come down to the end of the journey here, it won't make any difference if you've got an apple cart or a Cadillac. Amen. What will really count is your relationship with God. <laughs> Again, I want you to know I'm not crying the blues. I've got more than I deserve. I know that. But I tell you, brother, what little bit I have got, and I thank God for what we have. It's really not mine anyhow. What you've got's not yours if you belong to God. Hallelujah. You're just a steward of it. That's all you are. And I don't want to get in my system. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, help yourself, sister. Bless God. Let it out. It feels better when you let it out. Hallelujah this Sunday morning. Praise God forever. I said praise God forever. Hallelujah this Sunday morning. You watch out and don't get in your system, brother. There's no possibility of being sentimental with the Lord's question. You cannot say nice things when the Lord speaks directly to you. The hurt is too terrific. It stings. It is such a hurt that it stings every other concern out of account. The first thing God does is to knock the pretense and the pious pose right out of you <laughs> and right out of me I don't believe you mind just a couple minutes a little personal 
I don't like to get myself in my ministry. I'm nothing. I used to be a fisherman. And when God began to deal with me about the ministry, that business had begun to boom, you know. <laughs> and really, it's boomed more since I left it. I had my fishing boat to my backyard. A man had bought a little home for me in Depression days. And I leased the land, but had a wharf off of that yard, and my boat tied right there to my backyard. I'd go out and make my day's work and come home to my own backyard. I've sold oysters in Depression days for 20 cents a bushel, or many of them. And now then, they're $8. Maybe higher sometimes, six, eight, ten dollars a bushel, just like they dig them up off the bottom of the rivers. A few summers ago, those men catching crabs, trapping crabs, were getting $50 a bushel basket for them, the best ones. I've caught many a bushel. What did you tell the Lord, Brother Sullivan? I said, Lord, if you want me in the ministry, you open the door. You know what happened? God opened the door. You know what I did? I stepped in. The first house I lived in, the first church I passed, didn't have any parsonage. And they found a little three-room house out behind the woods and Never had a modern facility of any kind in it, not even water. Up a long lane, the man owned it, said, we let the preacher live there if he wants to, won't charge the church any rent. What did you do, Brother Sullivan? Could you guess? Huh? Thank you. I moved in. I guess I don't understand some of these preachers today, and I'm not finding fault. They've got to have a big salary and a furnace to home and Everything nice and nice before they can feel they have to go preach. So I don't think this call anyhow, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> How'd you make out out there in that little house behind the woods up that long lane, but not a modern facility of any kind in that little home? Well, you know I got blessed up there just like I'm getting blessed here. There's two big chicken houses out there, and the devil come around sometime, kind of jump on my shoulder a little bit. So, Haven't you done it now? You left that fishing boat. And that business began to boom. Here you are over here up this long lane behind the woods and in a little house with not a modern facility in it. I don't talk to the devil too much, but sometimes you may have to talk to him a little, you know, and just get out of the way, devil. Praise God. And I'd take a little walk over toward the chicken houses, and about the time I would, God open up a few windows in heaven, I'd feel a breeze coming. Thank God. Do you ever feel a breeze out of heaven? You understand that language? Huh? I said, did you ever feel a breeze out of heaven? Praise God. You understand that language? <laughs> the Baptist minister said he was out in Los Angeles one time when those smugs had settled down, you know. I'd never been out. I'd never been to California. But one of those smugs had settled down, said he picked up the morning newspaper and up here maybe somewhere a little column. They had a little caption up there. You know what it was? We need a breeze from elsewhere. <laughs> That's what some holding the churches need, to get rid of the smugs in them. A breeze from elsewhere. Praise God. <laughs> hallelujah this Sunday morning. I said, hallelujah this Sunday morning. They need a breeze from elsewhere. Praise God. I feel a spell coming on here. Praise God. Hallelujah this Sunday morning. I said, hallelujah this Sunday morning. Don't you feel sorry for me because I'm a second blessing homeless preacher. Thank God. I wouldn't trade places with President Carter for 20 more million worlds like this one. Thank 
God, I'm glad I'm a second blessing homeless preacher. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Bless God. Hallelujah. This Sunday morning. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Interchurch Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. I don't want to lose the fire. I don't want to lose the fire.